do this very often uh, because I have a, a job and has nothing to do with any of this. Um, I'm probably the only person who's here who's speaking who's on vacation today. Um, I came down to see my mom. Eric called me and said, can you do this event? And I said, okay, that sounds good. I'll do it. I'll do both of those and I'll, I'll see some friends. But I have a blog. It's called 25IQ. I wake up every Saturday morning and I write 5,000 to 8,000 words. And I write about technology and business and investing. And one of the things I believe that Warren Buffett believes is if you can't write it down, you haven't thought it through. So that process of writing every Saturday and posting helps me think. And it also reveals where I have errors in my thinking and where there's the underpants gnomes problem. You're probably all familiar with that uh, situation. But it, it's helpful to write. And I've written 200 posts uh, 200 weeks in a row without missing a single week. So I find it very helpful. It's also helpful in, at my age to start sort of sharing some of my knowledge um, because um, I'm unusual in that, that I'm the oldest person at the place that I work. And um, this is a young person's industry. And I think people my age have a lot to contribute. And so that's why I write. And that's why I'm here. So um, my blog is 25IQ. On Twitter, I'm at Trent Griffin. Um, I'm not content marketing. I got nothing to sell. Uh, except I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, what I've learned, um, mostly because I have good judgment because at times I've exercised bad judgment. So I'm going to talk about missionary versus mercenary, and, and this, is a key, this is a key point that I believe very strongly, which is um, not only is the best way to succeed um, to be a missionary, you're going to make more money. And it's sort of like uh, I have this guy who I really like a lot. His name's Charlie Munger. I've written a book about him. And the point that Charlie makes is that um, somebody who has a mission orientation, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Bezos, people like that, not only do they build more successful companies and more lasting companies and employ more people, but they do better financially. He said, Mark Rich, you wouldn't want to be Mark Rich. He's rich, but who would want to have that legacy? And so the thing about the mercenary missionary uh, meme is it was created probably by John Doris. My research goes back to like 98. And it's basically, you can see the, the, the differences here between mercenaries and missionaries. And the reason why missionary orientation is so important is startups are hard and most fail. And you're going to have times you're going to have to get through some serious crap, right? And if you believe, if you have a cause, you're going to find a way. If you're a mercenary, you're going to bail. And mercenaries sometimes succeed, and that happens. But they don't succeed as often, and they don't succeed as big. And I'm, I'm from Seattle, and, and one of the things about Seattle is we've got a lot of pioneers. San Francisco's got a lot of pioneers. And the attitude in Seattle is missionaries. And so you've got Microsoft, you have Amazon, you have Starbucks. Companies get formed up there. They don't bail. They don't say, God, I'm worth a billion dollars. Time to cash. You know, I'm going to go buy that island and, and windsurf, right? Missionaries, missionaries have a cause. They have teams that have a mission. All of these things that Dor talks about are ways that make you a success. And you will have a, a higher probability of success if you're a missionary. Um, some people are just mercenaries. Um, in my own life, only once in my life have I felt a missionary calling. It was 1994. 
It was in the ramp up to the internet bubble. And I decided to go all in. And for five years, I was all in on a startup. And the, way, the reason why it's so interesting in the context of this meeting is this startup was the most unlean startup of all time, is my thesis. Right? The, the, the startup was, was called Teledesic. Um, this is Andy making the same point, but um, same belief mercenaries succeed more, probabilities higher. But anyway, in 1994, we, we created this company. Um, called Teledesic. And it's a non-geostationary satellite system bringing broadband to the world. Started in 1994. And the thing that was crazy about it was because the satellites spin around the world and the world spins, you have to spend $9 billion before you get a penny of revenue. All right? Is there anything that's, that's less unlean than that? And you start to look at the list of things that this startup had. We had regulatory risk. We had market risk. We had technical risk. We had financial risk. Now, we did have this amazing thing is, is that our seed run was 20 million, and our shareholders were Bill Gates and Craig McCaw. And we were in the up ramp to the, to, the, to the bubble. And so it was easy to raise money, and we could take any meaning in the world with those, those names behind us. But it was really not lean startup. There was no minimum viable product. There was no tested out first. Because to me, a startup, flipping a little bit to startups, is um, a startup is an organization in search of a scalable business model. And as soon as you find that, you're no longer a startup, you're a business, and you're doing something else. And the amazing thing today, of course, is it costs so little to get to MVP on a relative basis. You can rent your infrastructure, you need less capital, you need for your pro, it's just amazing what you can do to get to that point. What's hard and really hard is taking it from an A Having low CAC, great LTV, manager cash flow, scaling a business is not startup stuff. But it was an amazing experience. We raised a billion dollars. We took it to a, a $3 billion valuation, so didn't have the word in those days, but it was a 3x unicorn. Um, and it was, it was literally uh, crushing in terms of my personal life. It's bad for my marriage, it was bad for my family, it was bad for my health. I flew 500,000 miles a year for five years, which is just a lot. And um, it's just bad for you. Um, but I went all in. And since then, I haven't felt the same calling. And what I'm trying to make as a point is, you shouldn't go do a mission-oriented startup because, well, that sounds like a good idea. I might make some money. Or that might, sounds like a good idea. I want that on my resume. Or it's on my bucket list. If you're going to go do a startup, you better be all in. If you're a founder, but also if you're an employee. Because it's going to test you. And you ha may have layoffs, and you may be barely make your financing. And all these things are going to happen. And you need to be able to get through that. If you're a mercenary, you'll bail. And you'll bail at the worst point possible. It's just like investing. You know, Most investors uh, do the exact opposite of what they do. They, they you know, sell low and buy high. Um, in terms of your life, you really better feel it. And you really, really, really better be ready to bring it. Otherwise, you're going to have trouble. So the theme of my blog, my trademark, is a dozen things. So I go through a dozen things. And what I do is I usually quote some leading figure. And it allows me to appear less humble than, than I am, which is you know, hard. Um, but um, you know, there are a lot of things that I learned at Teledesic. And one of the things I learned was 
um, that there are role models and there are anti-role models. And Nassim Taleb talks about this in his work. And he says, basically, you can learn from people you admire, and you can learn from people who are doing things that you never want to do ever. Sort of like you go to college, you got friends, they're this way with studying, or this way with the opposite sex, whatever the deal is, you're learning from them. But also, you meet some people and you say, God, I never, ever want to be like that. And during the Teledesk experience, I learned a lot of things that I never want to do again. And um, you also end up with some people like Craig McCaw, who's an amazing guy. He'd done McCaw Cellular, and, and um, uh, we did Nextel together after uh, I was involved in, in the private equity firm. We did a number of things. And he's a pirate. And he wasn't a guy who liked to be in the Navy, and he liked to break eggs. And the thing about Craig was, though, he's, he knew is that you want to take a lot of risks, but you don't want to take risk upon risk upon risk, because eventually one of them is going to kill you. Right? You have to be someone. My blog post last weekend was about the need to be contrarian, which is usually, you know, contrarians are wrong. This is what Bezos says. Usually contrarians are wrong. But every once in a while, there's something where the contrarians are right. And when you see that, you need to bet big. But you don't want to do it in a number of situations. So a lot of great startups that I've seen after Teledesic, I was in venture for a while, and I've been at Microsoft since then. Um, is that usually most successful startups ha have broken one really important rule that people never thought about before. And because if you break more of them, one of them is eventually going to get you. So, you know, with Airbnb, you might say the initial reaction to some of the VCs who saw the pitch was, well, what if one of these people is an axe murderer? You know, just people were just uncomfortable. Like, they're going to be in your house. You're breaking this rule. And it turned out to be the right rule. And, and with Bill Gates, who I've known for a really long time, it was something a little different, which was they had a rummage sale at his high school, and they bought some, some timeshare on a deck, and he had access to a computer when he was in junior high school. And he had this amazing positive experience, and he said to himself, everybody's going to want this. Everybody's going to want this. And he said, in their house. And people like Ken Olson said, that's ridiculous. You should never have a PC in a house. But everybody's going to want this. He knew it intuitively. He was breaking a rule. And he went all in, and he had a mission around it. And talk about a guy who was, was focused. Bezos, same way. He's a missionary. So I guess the first one is my Craig McCullough. And the second one is not everybody's cut up for the startup life. It's, it's scary, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And you think about, God, if I fail, you know, my colleagues aren't going to hit their, their mortgage payment. Um, and then there's this other third point, which is sometimes in your life, you're, you're more able to sell out, and your family has to be into it because you're going to be into it. And if you don't have a supportive family and spouse, if you can't work out these rules, it's really difficult. The fourth one, the 500,000 miles. Oh, God. Being in an airplane that much is really unhealthy. You're at altitude, you're in a tube, there's radiation, you're getting dehydrated, you're not exercising, you're not moving. There's a lot of things you can do in the air to stop that, but it's really physically hard on you. I, I feel like I'm still paying a price for, for those years. Um, the other interesting thing about Teledesic was, it was it's the satellite and it's in space and it's spinning around the world and it has to be completely contained. So it's all the systems that have to be dealt with. You got physics, you got electronics, you got computers, you got communications, you got every form of engineering. 
You got business plans, you got regulators. And so the biggest takeaway I have is almost everything in life that's technically interesting and important involves trade-offs. Go look for a house, got location, cost too much. Go to the suburbs, you got a big yard, you can't, you know, you, you got two hours to get to work. But in satellites and in products, there's always interesting trade-offs. And it was especially true in space. And I learned a lot and I applied it in my personal life. I guess the next thing is about the positive feedback loop and the network effects associated with hiring great people. We had amazing missionaries, everybody believed in the cause. It was crazy. But then the internet bubble popped and we had to deal with it. And one of the most interesting things about the Teledistic story, which I like to write about someday, is we had 400 million in the bank, internet bubble popped, the technical issues were gonna, gonna stop us, um, the antennas weren't quite there, there's a number of reasons. There's actually a system a guy named Greg Weiler's building that might actually do something very similar to what we wanted to do, but it's later. But anyway, um, but the one lesson really I learned was the more great people you hire, the more great people you can hire. It's totally a positive feedback loop. Rand, when he was up here with his speech, was saying he would have hired better people, fewer people earlier. And the thing that's so important is those great people attract great people because great people like to work with great people. And so it, anytime you can get a positive feedback loop going, it's a good thing. Um, quality shareholders matter so much. Optimizing your round, you get a little bit more pre-money, and you got a bunch of morons as your, as your investor, sorry. You know, high quality shareholders, just you save you so much brain damage. We had the best shareholders in the world. They were patient, they invested when we wanted. We had some great people like Prince Halloween Bintal and Craig and Bill, other people. Um, and we started to have some investors who were, who were contractors. That was a disaster. But even in small startups, I see people make the mistake of optimizing for the highest free money when they should be really thinking about how can I get venture capitalists who are smart, who are patient, who are going to help me raise my next round. Those are the things that really matter. Um, the last one's just sort of a joke, but um, space is big, you know? Um, you just, you don't go up very far to have uh, uh, space, and trying to do things in space is really, really hard. And it sort of relates to the next one, which is there are no electrical outlets in space, so everything has to be powered in space. So you read about these small sats, these cube sats, and you say, oh, that's cool. We can just light those things up to do communications. Imaging is not the same as two-way communications, and so it's harder. But there are some things coming that I think are important and good. Cellular is spreading fast, but there are always some areas, like when we had the, the uh, Ebola crisis in Africa, satellites uh, were, very, uh, were very important in providing communications to the links. I'm almost out of time here. I'll, I'll go down to the last one. This is the shortest speech I've ever given, by the way. Um, Billionaires love space and rockets. You know, it, when you send a rocket off into space, you're just lighting off a huge bomb that's got a nozzle that sends it in the right direction. And, you know, Bezos and, and a lot of these guys who like to do the stuff they're doing, right, uh, Paul Allen and, and Musk, and, and it's just, it's huge. It's fun to light off a bomb. It's like a cherry bomb when I was younger, or an M80. You'd light it off and you'd see if you could drive a can up into the air. And, uh, having fun, having shareholders that we had uh, at the time, Bill and Craig, 
was really a lot of fun because people who have fun and people who are smart really make the hard, hard work of making a startup so much easier. Because most startups fail. It's a power law in terms of financial success, but it's also more of a, uh, less of a power law, but still a power law in terms of who has impact and who changes the world. Um, I, I'm glad to be here. The reason I'm here on my vacation is I think all of you can change the world. I think we need to find work for 3 billion people, meaningful work. And that means more startups, more innovation, uh, and more new businesses. With that, I'm uh, 10 seconds over. <laughs>